Welcome to Radio Trivia Podcast Edition. I believe this is episode 56. And with me this week is Jonathan Metz. 56? Oh, I'm so lucky to be on this number. Why? Because 56 is 7 times 8. Right. Well, uh, the good news is since I'm not recording this on a weekday, uh, I promise you this will not be a repeat of last week in which uh, James Jones and I were recording in the evening when it was very also, hot. Also, I'm not drunk, unlike some people have been recently on this show. <laughs> I was not drunk. No, I don't know. I'm kidding, but you guys were in a bizarre mood. We were, yes. I w- no alcohol, I guarantee you. Uh, oh, okay. It was purely dehydration. Oh, yeah. Anyway. I'm, I'm pretty much under the weather tonight, so if I act weird, it's because of that, but... Uh, I'm under the effect of no uh, substances that are not FDA-approved, let's put it that way. Well, uh, Johnny selected a few, I selected a few. We'll see how it goes. Um, <laughs> ringing endorsement for this episode. <laughs> oh, it's, it's always good. No matter what you say at the beginning, it's always good. Thank you. Sound familiar? Um, yeah. Militaristic, a little. 
and it reminds me of something else as well, but I'll, I'll withhold that comment. does your character use to call his buddies? in that song should have helped you out so uh... <laughs> yeah well I actually knew this was a Kirby game from the first song uh, even though it didn't it didn't sound like Kirby music per se it, there was a an, there was a common Kirby theme uh, melodic theme mm-hmm. built in there that was kind of twisted so I noticed that and I thought that sounds like something I've heard in a Kirby game right. so that was what you know that was when I started thinking about that um, I, I had no idea which Kirby it was. It was like you probably have used most of them on the show before, but um, from the mm-hmm. hint question, I'm pretty sure this would be Kirby and the Amazing Mirror. Ding, 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 ding. Yes, it is. Game Boy Advance. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's one of your favorite ones, right? Actually, that's my favorite Kirby game yeah. by far. Yeah. It, it's... Uh, well, maybe maybe it's up there with Canvas Curse, I guess, on DS, yeah. which is not it doesn't really that doesn't really play like a Kirby game. Amazing Mirror does play like a Kirby game. It just plays like a Kirby game mixed with Metroid basically. Yeah, it's Metroid level design, which uh, they've sort of done before with um, the great, uh, the great. What is it called in Kirby's Superstar? The great, the great cave offensive. Um, yeah, but it's much better yeah. in Amazing Mirror. Yeah, and it's a whole game. Not, I mean, you know, it's it's much larger. Yes. in Amazing Mirror because that is the whole game. Now, one one interesting thing that I, I think uh, I never got a chance to try out was uh, multiplayer. It was really designed with this idea of of exploring this together with a friend. In fact, you always have these computer-controlled characters that you're playing single-player, and um, sometimes you need to call upon them to resolve some whatever obstacle in your path. Yeah, um, that's the uh, that's the when you use your cell phone. Exactly. Yes. And, <laughs> that's the that's the question. Uh, right. The, the answer to the question, but yeah, I th- I'm pretty sure if I if my memory is correct here that you can actually play the entire game with up to four people cooperatively. Right. And you can basically all go off in different directions. I mean, you're not tied to, and it makes sense because each person has his own screen. Mm-hmm. So you're not tied together. You can just split up, conquer, you know, divide and conquer. But um, if anyone uses his uh, his walkie-talkie, it you know it summons all the other players to his location, so you can all attack this boss together. Basically, it's a great idea. Yeah. I don't know how many people played it that way, but it's a great idea. Yeah. I- I mean, I, I never got a chance to play it like that, and and I'd love to revisit this at some point with um, with someone else who owns the game, just because uh, I imagine it's a pretty different experience. And, I, uh, I, I want to say I played it two player with someone at some point, just for a few minutes to try it out. You know? Yeah, but um, I mean, other Kirby games have multiplayer kind of co-op, but the second player is always this kind of tails like surrogate character that that yeah, yeah. can't wander off the screen. So I imagine it's much more interesting uh, uh, than, say, Super Smash Bros. Brawl's uh, co-op story mode. Uh, yeah, it's really cool in, in Amazing Mirror because, I mean, you know, all four players can, you're all playing different colored Kirby's, so each one of you can get a different power, and, you know, it doesn't really have combo-type things where you can yeah. know, mix your powers together or anything like that, but, I mean, it does allow you to build, you know, basically use some nice little strategies, yeah. I mean, not that you'd really need to. That's always the problem with Kirby is that like it gives you all these cool things to do that you don't really need because the game's so easy. Uh, and and that's again the problem with uh, Amazing Mirror is that even though it's you know pretty expansive uh, map and it's this whole Metroidvania style gameplay structure, I mean I can't imagine playing it in four player and everybody splitting up. It, it, it seems like you would just beat the game four times faster. Yeah. And it's not that long to begin with. And splitting up makes it more like a single-player game anyway. I mean, being able to... It'd be more fun to stay together. But, yeah. It is a a great game, though. I'm not sure how many people ever really played it, but it it is definitely easily one of the best Kirby games. What happened to Kirby? It seems like he's sort of fallen off the map after his really shoddy uh, Squeak Squad game, which was essentially... It looked and played like a really bad version of... Kirby Nightmare in Dreamland or something. Um, yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, it seems like... Uh, well, they just did Superstar Deluxe last year for DS, which is a, a remake, or kind of a re-release almost. They didn't add much to it for DS, but 
mean, it seems like Kirby pretty much gets a game almost every year, but they've all been, if you notice, they've all been portable games for years and years. Kirby 64 was the last console Kirby game that wasn't some weird spinoff like Kirby Air Ride, you know? Right. That was the last one, period. But um, Kirby 64 was the last Kirby platformer on a console. And that was also around the time that uh, Sakurai uh, left HAL. Yeah, he left so, a few years after that. Because he, he was around for Malay. So it, it, was, it was a ways later. Yeah. Okay. So. Well, I just wonder if they, maybe they're uncomfortable making one without him. Um, I don't know. It, it just seems like Kirby... Um, you know, I'm fine with him being on the handhelds, but I, I do like Kirby games. I would love to, uh, you know, maybe if Nintendo would team up with Tim with Team Ninja to make a Kirby console game. <laughs> <laughs> they could team up with some other company that, like uh, the guys that did uh, Wario Wario Land Shake It, or that uh, would be fantastic. Actually, I mean, there are, there are a couple of third-party companies that Nintendo's been teaming up with lately that. And I've done some pretty good stuff, like you know the the team behind Punch Out. Um, oh God, I can't think of next it. level. Next level. I don't think Kirby would be the right fit for them, but I mean they would be an excellent go-to for another classic series like Star Fox or something. That that um, I, I really hope that they're doing that because Nintendo doesn't seem interested in, in making these kinds of games as much. And uh, if they can find people that are really interested in, in making them and give them the the input and the direction. To, to get that feel like they have with Punch Out and and Wario Land, great, you know. Um, let's go to the next game. Best music ever. Yeah, I think I know what this is. I'm surprised there are three songs if this is the game that I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, here's your question. In this game, what are you trying to take over? Johnny, 
It's Rampage for NES. Yes, it is. A game I have fond memories of in spite of its shoddiness. I owned this game. And when I say I own this game, I mean I owned this game. Yeah, yeah. I'm amazed at how much I played this as a kid. Like, I, I would play this with my sister, and I was pretty bad at it, and she would always eat me and stuff. But we actually got to pretty close to the end, which is a long time. You know, I could have told my experiences, but they're exactly the same as what you just said. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. It's very crude. As you heard, there's like only re- one real song in the game. Um, but it's fun to play with another player. It's just stupid smash things up, try to avoid the bullets, which is pretty damn hard. I still um, think it's the most fun version of Rampage. Now, I never played it really in the arcade, yeah, did I. but I've played the N64 and the, uh, I think I play, even played the GameCube version. Oh my god. And, uh, I never thought they were as much fun as the old NES version, it, which is funny, but I mean, it is as simple as an Atari 2600 game, pretty much. It's yeah, very with better primitive. graphics, maybe, but, but, yeah. um, I mean, if you're, once you're doing, like, 3D stuff, it's like, that defeats the purpose. It's a really simple game, doing something like that. Yeah. It doesn't mesh well with, with the simplicity. But uh, it's a very right, long it, game. It's very monotonous. So, it is. Um, I mean, it's kind of an endurance challenge to yeah. uh, play through it. And, and we did. I mean, you're trying to take over the the United States. Oh, I'm sorry. The answer was North America because really? there are parts of the Canada in the game. Yeah. Oh, I didn't remember that. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was the United States until I looked it up. But they, oh, they do have they do have Ottawa and a couple other places in Canada. I remember there being a lot of cities that I'd never heard of. Yes. That you they, go to. <laughs> they really extended the game out by looking at the United States map and uh, picking <laughs> a lot of cities. Yeah. And they all look the same. I mean, it's not like, oh, yeah, that's Baltimore, totally. You know, it's like, <laughs> the, yeah, whatever. These monsters are totally going <laughs> to destroy Wilkesbury, PA. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. I, oh, I don't have the list up in front of me, but. <laughs> They're going to mess up Mobile. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know. They, they actually had Savannah in there, Johnny. Um, <laughs> there you go, man. I mean, they're they're didn't, thorough, didn't you, no, didn't, you know? Didn't you notice the, all, the, all the monsters there while you were... Uh... Well, you were in Savannah. They, yeah. They're kind of like a uh, like a, a low tier nationally touring rock band, you know. Like they <laughs> they don't just go to they don't just go to Atlanta and New York and Chicago and L.A. No, no, no. Yeah. No, no, they no. Go everywhere. That's right. They even went to Boulder. Go to Sacramento. Boulder and... is in the game. Boulder what? is in the game. Yes. Holy crap. Look, look at the fact in Game Facts. It has the list of all of the cities, pretty much, because there's nothing else to say about it except for maybe what enemies are in each city. So uh, You know, um, I don't think those monsters would have a whole lot of fun messing up Boulder. I mean, I, we don't have any I, like buildings I said, I doubt that are over, like, like Boulder. four stories tall. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe it's a really easy level. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but Boulder is oh, in there. <laughs> Who knows? That's insane. That's messed up. Yeah, yeah. it takes hours because there's no save feature at all. Right. So in order to uh, and, and if I recall correctly, you go all the way across the the the, the continent and then you turn around and go back across it again. Yeah, like you start, I don't know, somewhere I don't maybe know if you in go Arizona. to different cities on the way back, but yeah, I mean it's so messed up. That game, it, it is almost a desert bus kind of experience. I mean, it's more fun than desert bus, but it just goes on and on and on, and it's usually really easy. Yeah. Um, 
So it, it doesn't take a whole lot of skill. It just takes patience. Well, if, if this were released as a virtual console game, I think it would be a really good fit because then you could just pick it up for a few minutes and do the save state feature and then have a quote-unquote new city. Uh, I, I you know, guess so, but I mean, playing... Yeah. But, but beating it is not really the point of the game. Yeah, you know? you're right. You don't really It's really about much. multiplayer yeah. stupidity. I mean, you. The, it's great because the, the two-player mode, you have one playing the gorilla, one playing the lizard, and I think George and Izzy or George yeah, and some, Lizzy. Yeah, something like that, yeah. And, um, and, they, and, and you can hurt each other, so you're right. supposedly trying to cooperate and tear down these cities, but usually you spend most of the time beating each other up. And if you take enough damage, you shrink down to a human size, which is basically like three pixels tall right. on the screen. And the other player can can either yes. kill you or eat you for yes. health. Yes, and that is the ultimate shame is when you get eaten by your your little sister. You know? Oh, oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And you know, there's this period of time of after you've destroyed everything. All the after all the buildings are destroyed, there's like a three or four second gap usually or sometimes even more because the building mm. starts to sort of shake and then it falls down so there's always you, this period at the very end when, when you punch at each other you, in the air yes because you know, you're punching like three or four times in a row and it makes a yeah. noise <laughs> so, uh, it is a kooky game yeah. it's, it's stupid stupid fun <laughs> it is yeah, so, that's Rampage for you uh, they've never managed to really revive it in any satisfactory way yeah well, I am surprised that we were able to get this much discussion out of Rampage. Yeah, now. well, you and I, I mean, we we have this shared yeah. childhood memory of playing this with our families. That's yeah. crazy. I, did, I had no idea that you were yeah. a fellow Rampage oh, inductee. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Many, many boring summer days passed <laughs> with my sister and I playing Rampage ah, all yes. day. <laughs> Good times. Good times. Yeah.
Bueller? Hi. Bueller? Hi. Bueller? Hi. I'm still jealous that you got to meet Ben Stein. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't really remember much about the uh, the experience. Oh, uh, you were but a babe. <laughs> well, I don't think I really talked with him much. I think I was more of a, like, hey, how are you? You know, nice to meet you. Uh, you know, Didn't he ask you if you play EverQuest? <laughs> he may have. I don't. <laughs> Something like that. I, don't, I would have said no, but uh, but it was a real experience because um, let's see, that would be in 2001 or 2002. I w- it was summer. I was taking summer classes at UCLA. It was on the weekend. I went to this Pokemon spelling bee hosted by Ben Stein, and um, I was sick as hell. I. This is I, back I, when Ben Stein was culturally relevant yes. because of his TV show, right? Yeah. And um, my God, I, I was not—I was just nauseous. I was driving. I was trying to find the parking spot. I got out of the car, th- threw up my guts, and then went to the spelling bee. Oh man! So I was not the top of my game, um, <laughs> but I was feeling better after I, I threw up my Cheerios or whatever it was I had had for breakfast. So. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a fun experience, though, and um, and the kids know how to spell their Pokemon, which, yeah, <laughs> which is quite a feat, in my opinion. <laughs> uh, well, that was uh, back when there were about half as many Pokemon as there are now. That's true. Um, still. Um, It'd be pretty amazing if anybody could spell all of them now. Yeah. But that's what Pokemon's anyway, all about, developing useless skills in, in our nation's children, <laughs> and actually in the world's children. Yeah. Anyway, we've gotten off topic. Let's Yeah, move on. I don't even remember the first song anymore.
All right. Hi. Hi. Here's your question. Yeah, I need it. What does this game have in common with the Metal Gear Solid series? All right. Well, well, that was the best song in the game. Maybe. Probably. I, I mean, this is Klonoa the, for the Wii, and um, 
I didn't even recognize it until you asked the question. And I'm, I'm actually playing the game this week. I just <laughs> bought it. And I think that says a lot about how memorable the music is. I mean, to me, it's just very nondescript. It's not bad, but it's just not... It doesn't really jump out and grab me very much, mm-hmm. like, like, you know, like it seems like it should. Um, it just kind of sits there, and uh, I don't know exactly why that is, but uh, I've actually some, sometimes played the game with headphones and listening to a podcast, just because the, you know, I mean, the voices are really bad, obviously. Uh, everybody says that about Klonoa. But the music also, I don't feel like I'm missing very much, you know, to, to forego the music, so... So, uh, I read your question, which uh, I don't know if you even had intended to be a question on Radio Trivia. No, I had, I had mentioned that to you as a joke, and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm actually pretty happy that you yeah, used this well, question what, for this. What's the punchline, Johnny? Um, <laughs> well, the, the, the thing that Klonoa has in common with Metal Gear Solid is that uh, for both games, you spend more time watching them than you do playing them. <laughs> it's true, and I own the Japanese version, and it's just absurd watching this shit. Um, it takes itself way too seriously from, from what Sometimes I can Sometimes you play through a five-minute level and watch a ten-minute cutscene. Yeah. It's insane. I mean, and it's like, you know, it's like, a, you know, Kirby 64-type storytelling. I mean, it's pretty bad. No, it's worse because Kirby 64 storytelling was all mime and very short and kind of full of itself. Not full of itself. Uh, like, oh boy, food, yummy, oh, I got hurt. You know, Klonoa is more like a Saturday morning cartoon that uh, is taking itself very seriously like i don't know like digimon or something yeah Uh, i guess so i guess so (laughs) but it's a it's way way over overdone yeah and uh, it seems like every level the klonoa meets a new character who you don't care about yes that's why (laughs) i'm saying it's like a saturday morning anime yeah um it very much tries to evoke that um, that feeling which i guess is maybe good for the target audience? I, I don't know. I thought I was the target audience for a remake of a PS1 2D platformer, <laughs> but maybe no. not. <laughs> so, um, I, we've, we had a Kirby game before, and uh, when I first played this, I'm like, okay, it's kind of like Kirby in its presentation in that, you know, it's kind of cutesy, um, it, it's interesting, but not overly difficult, but um, I put it down for a while. Uh, I stopped playing it while I was in Japan, and, and because I was going to use this, I played it a bit yesterday. And the game was much harder than I remembered. I think there was a one point in the game where all of a sudden the level design becomes much more complex. Yeah, and the point uh, is where you quit playing it the first time. Exactly. So when you picked it back up, all of a sudden you're you're into the hard shit exactly. and I'm like, out of practice. Like, wow, uh, this is interesting. So, um, yeah. In that sense, it's it really not like cranks Kirby. up. I mean, it's got a really beautiful learning curve. I mean, the first few levels, really anybody could beat them. Yeah. Anybody of any age. They're very easy. Um, and if you're a more advanced player, you'll probably find them boring. You'll think, man, this is like the worst Kirby level design. You know, it's yeah. just basically run from left to right. There's an enemy. There's a couple enemies who basically are no threat at all. You jump over a little pit and you're done. Yeah. And. Yeah, by the midpoint, I would say, of the game, it has cranked up considerably. Yeah. And it does so in a, in a very smooth fashion. I mean, it, it, it doesn't feel like, you know, all of a sudden it gets really, really hard. It just builds up and up and up and right. up, and it gets to where you start falling into pits and dying, mm-hmm. and you see things that you honestly cannot figure out how to get to. Right. Yeah, well, it sounds very interesting in that fact that it, it weaves around. It's 2D, but it weaves around in such a way that... Uh, Slowly, the warping of the 2D plane 
becomes integral part of the gameplay. I mean, at first it's just, well, if you throw it from here, you can attack someone on the other side. But eventually it becomes like, well, how do I get over there? And you have to hit a switch and go around roundabout ways to open up the way forward. And it gets much more interesting. And, and like you said, it's like they'll introduce it very subtly, you know, just one little thing, and then eventually that becomes more important. I mean, the game is a classic for a reason, and that reason is really tight platforming gameplay and level design, yeah. and the, that reason has nothing to do with the story, which is terrible. Um, so, uh, let's see, there's something else I wanted to talk about in this game, but I can't think of it right now. <laughs> um, um, it's really cheap on Wii, yeah. and uh, it's beautiful, and uh, it's really fun. If you like 2D platformers, you know, Mario and... Kirby and uh, yeah, Donkey Kong Jungle Beat. I think it has a lot of similarities with that, although it's not as combo based. Yeah, it's it's not combo based at all. But it, the style is similar to Jungle Beat, I think. I don't know if I would say that, but it, and the fact that it's a two D platformer in a three D space, okay, maybe. I, I think no, I, I think mean, they're pretty I, different. I don't know. I, I guess just kind of the vibe, okay. you know, but not in terms of mechanics. Or it, anything. It's it's not a long game, but if you play it like me, you'll you'll take months to beat it. Well, yeah, playing. I've heard that. I've heard that after you beat it, some new stuff opens up that might make you want to play yeah. through it again. But I don't know the specifics on that. Well, there is a brand new yet. level, and then I think there's a mirrored mode or something. So there is some new stuff. I don't think it's like super different, um, mm-hmm. but um, I think they do add a little bit of extra stuff. And uh, and you know, getting all of the men or whatever it is, there are little secrets to, to unlock, which may be part of unlocking things, but. Sometimes they're in tricky positions, or you have to you have to think about it. Uh, yeah. So, especially on later levels. So. Um, yeah. It's it's a, it's a good game. It's a good game yeah. in spite of its annoying presentation. Um, but thank God you can push minus or whatever to, to skip some of that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, Clonoa. Uh, so check it out because I don't know if that Kirby game's ever going to come out for Wii. Um, <laughs> Clono is probably about the best you can do, um, the next best thing, at least for now. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. By the way, that was um, that was selected by Tyson. He requested that. So. Uh, okay. And actually, this next one is also a listener request.
Yeah, wow. Um, um, that sounds like some Nine Inch Nails kind of stuff. <laughs> which, uh, mm, yeah. Trent Reznor did did do a couple game soundtracks, so I, I don't. I hope I'm not giving a, an extra hint. But it's probably um, not what I think it is. Yeah. But um, I did remember one thing I wanted to mention about Klonoa. Uh, it, the, the remake was made by Payon, and that seems so un, unlike other stuff they've done and my perception of them. Uh, for those unfamiliar <laughs> with Payon, they made uh, DK King of Swing, which is kind uh, of a quirky uh, game that doesn't take itself seriously. And, and they made Jungle Climber as well. Yeah, yeah. And, DK um, Jungle Climber, right, the sequel. Right, and... Um, I don't know if the website is still really crazy ass, but when DK King of Swing came out, they had one of the craziest websites I'd ever seen. It was totally Japanese, totally like I think there were like homosexual jokes on their website. It was really bonkers. <laughs> I I think they've probably changed it by now, but it was really bizarre. And uh, for them to go from that to this uh, Klonoa, which the storytelling is like kind of takes itself really seriously when it shouldn't. Um, well, the story in Klonoa, I think, is pretty much faithful to the original, so that's probably not an area where Payon had much okay. influence, you know? So, in the original Klonoa, they had these long-winded things that I assume were not uh, vocalized, they were the gibberish, but... Uh, yeah, I, you know, I think it was all kind of done with a static camera, okay. uh, the characters moving around. I don't remember specifically, but I'm pretty sure that it wasn't all dynamic uh, cutscene yeah. type stuff like you have in, on the Wii. Okay. But the story is, I think, pretty much the same. Okay. All right. Well, um, I want to see bunkers stuff from them, man. They, they're crazy. <laughs> uh, but that's not this game. I'm sorry. We've gotten distracted.
Wow, audio overload. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> dear Lord. Um, what other remix game was released at the same time as this one? Hmm. pick you up 
Yeah, my God. Uh, I guess that's appropriate for the game. I mean... Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is uh, Space Invaders Extreme for DS. And PSP. came out last year. Um, really, I mean, a, a fantastic title for DS. It's really kind of what the DS is all about. And uh, they're making a sequel. Um, it's, it's coming out in Japan pretty soon, I think. But it's pretty much the same thing over again, you know? Yeah. Um, but uh, it's, it's funny because even... Uh, even if, like me, you own Space Invaders Extreme and have played quite a bit of it, you might not recognize some of this music because it sounds odd without your inputs. Because the, uh, I mean, the kind of the the hook of the game is that as you're shooting the invaders, um, each hit, you know, each kill that you make, uh, each thing that happens results in a sound effect that's synced up with the music, and um, it ends up feeling like you're kind of it feels like the music is going on by itself, but you're adding to it as you play the game. And basically, the better you do, you know, the faster you kill the aliens, um, the the less you get hit, the, the better you are at playing the game, the better the music sounds. And so you get into this really weird zone where, you know, it's not a music game. You know, I mean, you could you could totally turn the volume down and play the game, and it wouldn't affect your ability to play the game. But it would affect your enjoyment of it because it feels like you get linked into the music somehow, and uh, and it feels like you're making the music, even though really you're just shooting you're just shooting aliens, you know. Well, you know, a good soundtrack, good sound effects always do that to some extent in the game. I mean, right. Um, I mean, if you play a Mario game without the sound on, it just doesn't feel right. Um, right. And and I think this is another game where, uh, unlike maybe Klonoa, where you say you, you listen to it podcast um the music is timed the, the rhythm of the music sinks in with the game it somehow helps you play and the, the whole screen kind of pulsates with the beat of the soundtrack it's i mean it's awesome it's it's a really well done presentation um but again it feels really strange to hear that music um without you know being without contributing to it as it goes yeah. you know what i'm yeah. saying um it's not, it, I don't know, it's not something I would probably listen to outside of the game. Yeah. But I really like it within the game. Well, uh, there's, a, there's a question here about uh, another remix game. Um, yeah, Arkanoid DS um, came out at the same time. And uh, in Japan, they both of these games supported the uh, paddle controller, which is really just a wheel, you know, it's a little spin wheel that connects to the bottom of the DS and the Game Boy Advance slot, mm-hmm. uh, and unfortunately that accessory did not make it out uh, in, uh, in the US or Europe, although you can certainly import one and, you, and still use it. Um, but uh, Well, does it make sense to use it for Space Invaders? Yeah, because the thing is, playing Space Invaders with the uh, D-pad, um, and I don't know why they did it this way, but it, it, your, your, your movement speed left to right is a lot slower than if you use the spin wheel Um, and so I think that's the reason I don't think you're allowed to use the wheel uh, the paddle accessory uh, for the online play or for the ranking modes because it gives you an advantage Mm -hmm. and I'm not sure why they didn't just put in options so you can change the d-pad sensitivity to kind of simulate you know having that controller and I think maybe in the sequel they're going to do that. That makes sense. I mean, that's what but, they do for, they've been doing that for like racing games for a long time. I mean, for mm-hmm. as long as you hold it down, the, the faster uh, faster you're turning, you know, so, or harder you're turning, I guess is maybe better. So, uh, yeah, that does seem like a strange oversight. Um, 
maybe they felt like with a D-pad you want to have a predictable uh, travel distance. I can see that, but um, it's it makes the game harder than it probably should be. You know, I think the game was was primarily balanced for having the paddle controller yeah. because it came. I, I think it came with the game in Japan. Really? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I don't don't take my word on that. But regardless, um, the game it, it it ends up being quite difficult um, playing it with the D pad. But uh, it is certainly so a, the PSP, a lot of fun. The PSP version, does it have the analog nature with its nub? That um... No, I, I don't think so. I don't think oh, so. That's really weird. Everybody says the DS version is better. I mean, they're pretty much the same. The main difference is that the PSP version, I think, actually tries to do too much in the, the backgrounds, and the graphics in the backgrounds can be distracting, mm -hmm. and it makes it hard to see the shots okay. of the enemies, basically. Uh, so the DS version is a little simpler and easier to read. And, uh, and also the DS has some certain bonus stages that take advantage of the fact that you have two screens. And so on the bonus stages, um, you, you play across both screens. So you'll have enemies up on the top screen and you're shooting at them okay. through that. And I think the bosses do that too. And that, that's not really a possibility on PSP. Right. So the games are different in that way. And with the sequel, um, Space Invaders Extreme 2 is only coming out on DS. It's exclusive this time. So they're building more elements around the fact that you have two screens, you know. Okay. Well, uh, this one's been in the in the queue for a while. I'm glad we finally got a chance to use it. So, uh, yeah. thank you, Caliban, for, for requesting this. Uh, my ears hurt now. All the songs in this game are short. Yeah, I think they just loop a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. 
I like that one a lot. It's kind of a adventuresome ditty. I don't know. I don't know what to describe it. It's really exciting. I can't speak anymore. It, all, it always made me feel really excited. Suspenseful. There we go. Yeah. Um, so, uh, do you have the question? You want me to read it? You you can read it. All right. What is the title of this game's direct predecessor, which shares the same 3D overworld graphics? What's the game, Johnny? This is Dragon View. A weird title uh, for a very awesome game. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I was telling uh, TYP about this earlier, but it is a Kimco adventure, basically action RPG Zelda type game. Um, and, uh, you know, not a genre that that developer is really known for. Well, I looked into it a little more, and actually it was developed by Atari Europe. And I guess it was published what? by Kimco. Yeah. Weird. Well, the original game was originally for the Amiga. Yeah, Draken, which is the... Uh, that's the answer to the trivia yeah. question. Um, this is, um, in, in some circles, known as Draken 2, although I'm not yeah. sure it was ever released under that name. But it is the sequel to Draken, which was an early Super Nintendo RPG. Um, so, yeah, Draken is... I don't know, some people consider it one of the worst uh, Super Nintendo games, and it is very crude, um, and probably overly complicated from the, the very little that I ever played of it. Um, Dragon View is actually significantly different, um, I would say vastly improved in a, in a number of ways, and really one of the few similarities that it shares with uh, with the original Draken is, uh, is that it has this 3D overworld. Um, which is pretty unusual to see on Super Nintendo. Yeah. I mean, it's using some Mode 7 and some sprite scaling and rotation stuff, but in a way that you haven't really seen other games do it. And, uh, and I would recommend um, trying to find the game or 
watch it, you know, watch a video on YouTube or something because it, it's a pretty unusual effect when you see it in motion. Um, and it looks really better than you would expect for a Super Nintendo game. And it does it without using Super FX chip or anything like that. So apparently, um, the original Draken for the Amiga also did this. And it looks pretty impressive. I looked at it, a video of it on YouTube, and um, it's surprising. Now, yeah. uh, mind you, the original Draken for Amiga was uncensored, and there's some there's some uh, nudity when you don't have, I guess, <laughs> clothing equipped or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. So, yeah, that was censored for the SNES release, as you might imagine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um... It's it's cool because I remember when I first uh, rented this game, I uh, I was probably looking at the back of the box or something and was attracted to a screenshot of that 3D world and then I took it home and I was you know that part was really what drew me in. I was like, this is so amazing. You know, this is back in like 1994, 1995, right. you just didn't see stuff like that. Um, I mean, it is really the precursor to stuff like um, Elder Scrolls. You know, first person. RPG in 3D where you walk around this world and explore the world from first person view um, and, uh, and and Dragon View was doing it with uh, really crude technology but it, it really made the tech work for, for you know it, it used it in a proper way um, you're not you're not really dodging things uh, you don't really see you don't do any combat in the 3D world it's just for exploration so what happens is it, it, it's funny because the, the game reminds me of Zelda 2 in a lot of ways because um, you're out on this overworld you're exploring and then you'll see this cloud that represents uh, an enemy battle and you can actually avoid the clouds if you're quick enough um, and uh, you know or if you just take the right path it's like the enemy shadows that yeah exactly yeah. Too. and if you run into a cloud uh, it, it takes you to a separate screen where now it's kind of side-scrolling it looks kind of like Final Fight except faster and with a sword and you play an action battle you know, which again is very much like Zelda 2, although it's more, a little more in depth. Um, literally, it has depth. You can move, you know, towards and away from the screen. Um, but uh, the ca the combat actually feels a fair bit like Zelda 2 as well, um, without the whole tiny sword problem. So um, it is a, a a really fantastic game. I mean, now since it has this depth thing, is 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 it satisfying? To you know, combat always feels like it's the collision detection is kind of weak or, or um, wishy-washy when I play those kind of games on the Super Nintendo where, where uh, I don't know if I'm really lining up properly. Or... The lining up part is tough because there's not that much depth. So that's something that you kind of learn as you go through the game. Um, and, and as you get towards the end, you come up with enemies who really kind of demand more finite control over the depth in the screen to dodge things. But I mean, the early stuff is not as demanding, so it gives you time to build up to that. Um, but uh, I think the collision detection is very good, and uh, and it actually has a everything has a nice recoil when you hit it, so it, it knocks it away from you, um, and, and likewise when you get hit, it knocks you away from that. So I mean, it, that's also like Zelda 2. Yeah, very much so. I mean, I think if you're into Zelda 2, uh, you should really seek out Dragon View because it's a it's kind of a, like a what if someone had made a really good sequel to Zelda 2, you know? Um, it's not very not very puzzle-based, again, also like Zelda 2. Um, the, uh, the dungeon designs are probably simpler, um, but uh, 
I, I, I think the game is really fantastic. It has really nice graphics, 2D and 3D. Uh, the music is great. The story is pretty interesting, actually. And uh, it's really fun to explore that 3D world and find all the crazy little secrets out there. So um, I think it's a game that, that more people should play. Uh, it's, it's fairly obscure, unfortunately, and probably hard to find these days. I, ha I have a copy on cartridge that I cherish very much, mm -hmm. and I play through it every few years. Um, but uh, it's one of those games that I, I wish people would rediscover because I think it's, I think it's pretty awesome. Uh, I don't know what the the legal status of this game is, or and if it's developer. I have no idea if, if so would ever come out of virtual console. It sounds unlikely if there are companies called Atari Europe and Kimco <laughs> involved that, that it would come out. Well, Kimco um, has put some games out on virtual consoles, so you never know. Well, is Atari Europe officially part of the Atari, which owns? <laughs> I have no idea, but my guess would be that they probably wouldn't have much say in the matter. But. Uh, So that was the last game for this evening, and I want to thank Johnny for for sticking through a. Uh, a um... <laughs> well, hopefully I didn't sound too bad. By the time uh, TYP edits out all my all all the blowing my nose and the coughing and <laughs> the gagging, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully hopefully what remains is that I sound almost normal. But I've had a good time. It was a good set of games tonight, actually. A lot of requests, very good requests. Yeah, yeah, and um, and please send them, send them in. I mean, I, I need more. I'm running out of ideas. If, if I don't, uh, <laughs> if I don't have your requests, then uh, this show probably won't work anymore. I, I, I've exhausted my, uh, my gaming library. Is my feeling. It's not quite true, but it's getting very difficult to pick games. So I appreciate your requests. I really do. Yeah. Um, I can only choose uh, one more Phoenix Wright game, so you know. <laughs> well, I've I've often been very impressed by the games that people request because it's something that I would not have thought of, or that I've never played at all. Right. And um, and the music turns out to be really interesting or just really good. Um, so uh, I I like hearing that kind of stuff too. It's it's nice exposure to stuff that's outside the scope of my game history. Mm -hmm. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, let's see, what did we learn today? Uh, check out Amazing Mirror if you can. Check out uh, Klonoa. It's pretty cheap. I think it was $30 new. Uh, Go back in time and play Rampage with your sister. Yes, and um, apparently buy a copy of Dragon View, which I'm sure costs a lot of money because I've never heard of the game before. I don't know. I mean, I think I probably got my copy for like 10 bucks in a bargain bin somewhere, yeah. but it's one of those things that if you ever see a copy of it, you should get it because there probably aren't that many floating around anymore, you know. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, if you, if you have a working Super Nintendo, you should really be on the lookout for this game. It's a really high recommendation for me, even though you've probably never heard of it. All right. So, thank you all for, for listening and uh, and putting up with my antics. <laughs> and, and mine, too. So, bye-bye. Bye. Kirby in the Amazing Mirror is copyright 2004 HAL Laboratory, Nintendo. Rampage is copyright 1988 Data East, Valley Midway. Klonoa is copyright 1997-2008 NBGI. Base Invaders Extreme is copyright 1978-2008 Kaido. Dragon 2 is copyright 1991-1992 Infogram. Dragon View is copyright 1994 Kemco.